I have an incredible episode for you today. If you've ever gone through a hard season in your business, or maybe it's just a hard season of life and it's just difficult to sometimes get out of bed in the morning, this episode is about how to show up for your passion in a season of grief. Kelsey Flyder is joining me on this episode. She is a self-help writer. She also works in the wedding industry as a VA as well. More so than those two things though, she has an incredible story. I can't wait for you to learn more about her season of grief and how she navigated that with figuring out what her next steps were and how to cultivate her passion in the midst of that grief. So today we are meeting you right where you are, getting in your earbuds, whether you're washing the dishes, car line, wherever you are, we are with you today. Welcome to this conversation with me and Kelsey. Welcome to the Gracefield CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Dalberry, an online business manager for creatives who are scaling their business while focusing on what matters to them. I'm so excited to bring an honest and energizing take on being a CEO while you raise your family. In case no one has told you recently, it's possible to rock at both. Every episode will include actionable steps that will encourage and empower you to build a business that supports your family and that thrives through systems, strategy, and most importantly, heart. Join me on this journey to becoming a grace-filled CEO. Today, I get to sit down with Kelsey Flyder, and she is this incredible self-help writer, and I'm so excited for you guys to get to know her. Kelsey, how are you? I'm doing well, enjoying this new cold front down here in Florida. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. We also have a cold front. I mean, I'm in Tennessee, so cold (laughs) fronts probably look different for us, (laughs) but like, it's been... mm, in the mornings, it's like 30 degrees. Oh, wow. That's magical. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> is it magical? <laughs> I don't know. But I will say it does warm up in the afternoon to like 60, 70. And, mm-hmm. but, but Tennessee is so weird because it gets cold in October and November. But then when Thanksgiving happens, we get another warm front. And it'll be like 70 degrees sometimes on Thanksgiving and on Christmas. Whoa. I know. It's so oh, weird. No, it's <laughs> it, funny because I'm from Ohio. And so, I mean, I say cold front. This morning it was 60 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> I like threw my flannel on and I was yippee skipping, frolicking. I was so excited. It's, it's Florida fall. But of course I text my family. It's a cold front and they are just cracking up at, at the Florida fall because meanwhile, it's like you said, 30, 20, 30 degrees up there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. In Ohio, they, I mean, they get snow quite frequently too, right? Oh, yeah. It's around the corner. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. Well, tell me – so you mentioned you live in Florida. Tell me a little bit more about what your home life looks like, family, those kinds of things. Sure. So I live in the Florida Keys. Um, I'm originally from a small town in Northeast Ohio. I moved down to Florida 12 years ago. And uh, started out in Orlando, moved down to the Florida Keys. It'll be five years coming up here. Um, So I live with my husband, who is a captain, and my rainbow baby boy. He's two years old. Uh, We have a little feisty neighborhood cat. He kind of moseys around and chases the iguanas down here. His name's Chester. And I am a self-help writer. And we're down here um, 
And like I said, it's been five years and that's our, our little life. That's amazing. So this might be a dumb question, but what do you mean by captain? So my husband's a boat captain. Okay. Thank you. Because yeah. I, I was like, we could go a couple different directions yeah. here. It could be planes, boats, fire. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally true. No, he is out. His office is the crystal clear waters of the Florida Keys. So he gets to take folks out on sunset cruises and snorkel tours and all that good stuff. And um, sending me photos of sea turtles pretty much daily. Um, so he, he has a, a really neat gig. He loves it. Yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> no, it's not too shabby. It's great. Yeah. Does he have to work long hours to do that? Like, what do, What does that look like? I'm so curious. Sure. So sometimes, yes. Um, sometimes he'll do triples. So he'll have a morning snorkel tour, an afternoon snorkel tour, and then a sunset cruise. Um, and so, of course, you know, takes the folks out to see the sunset, and then he doesn't get home until 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Um, and then other times they actually do events on the boat. The boat that he drives holds up to 120 folks. And so that's really fun because he's done weddings on there and um, 50th birthday parties and anniversary celebrations, celebrations of life, really neat things on there. And so, of course, when there's an event, there's catering and florals and all those types of things. So those are the really long days, but it's, it's always really special. Yeah. What a cool job. Sorry. We got sidetracked with your husband's job. No, <laughs> let's, no. let's talk about you though. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about, um, like when we had talked previously, I, or when I, when I first saw your story, I was so captivated by it because it's one of those that people can read or hear about and think, oh, wow, that's impactful. Like it's impactful from the moment you realize the story. And, mm-hmm. but to live it, I know is completely different. And then how that translates into how you live your life and the pivots and changes you've made and how you've had to continue to like keep showing up for things. And, and you know this, and I know this, like there, it is hard to show up to life with a toddler when you're grieving Mm -hmm. over something Mm -hmm. and it's like a new level of heart. (laughs) So like even as you're pursuing your dreams and your passions and like today we're going to talk about how to show up for your passion in a season of grief, Mm -hmm. like tell me a little bit about your story and where you've come from and where you are today. Absolutely. So I worked in the wedding and event industry And, um, in 2017, November of 2017, I was diagnosed with a benign spinal tumor and, um, that led to a subsequent emergency surgery, partial, uh, tumor resection, as well as a spinal fusion. And at the time I was just yippee skipping around, uh, life was great. Just got engaged to my now husband. Everything was simple and that very suddenly turned us all around. And um, it put me face to face with the reality of my mortality. And from then on, I was no longer going to put the dreams that I know God put in my heart for a reason on the back burner, because none of us know when the end is. And to me, that thought is not a doom and gloom thought. It's a truly freeing thought, because that means that the shallow things that we worry about, the small little things that keep us up at night, they don't matter. But the really big, beautiful and eternal things, they matter even more so than we 
than we think because none of us, I mean, we could, we could not have tomorrow. We could not have the next hour. You just never know. And so that really put a fire under me to go and to chase the dream that I know God put in my heart. And that is to be a writer. And so I started pursuing writing full time. Um, and then we got pregnant, um, with twins and we did lose them both to in spontaneous miscarriage. Um, shortly after that, we became pregnant with our surprise miracle man, James. <laughs> he's now two and, um, he's absolutely wonderful. Uh, when he was six months old, we lost my papa, who was the, I mean, he was the captain of my life, my entire life, not just my papa, but my dearest, dearest friend. And that was very sudden, very unexpected, the healthiest man, all of a sudden gone. And so that lit a fire under me in a completely different way because the peace that I find in his passing, it's not just knowing that he's now in heaven, but also knowing that the life that he was given, he squeezed every last bit of juice out of it. He lived so fully and he was so awake and alive to everybody and everything around him. He chased so many dreams, um, even though folks didn't believe in him, told him he was crazy, told him he was too loud, too, too outgoing, too whatever it was, too big in general. And he just kept going and he, he achieved his biggest dreams because he lived the life that we are all supposed to live completely fully with a big childlike joy, childlike wonder, and the idea of childlike possibility. That's how he lived his life. He said everything he wanted to say. He loved everybody so hard. Um, and so the peace that I find in that now that he's gone constantly encourages me whenever I do feel myself start to shell in, be it not just chasing my dreams, but, oh gosh, I really want to tell this cashier that I think that they're just so wonderful. I'm going to say it because I'm going to remember not only will I myself find peace at the end of my life, knowing that I squeezed every last bit of juice out of it, but I know that the loved ones I leave behind will also find that same peace, just the same. And I want to make sure that they have that like I do with my papa. Mm, That is so precious. Thank you. So, um, I, have a similar experience, I guess I should say, mm-hmm. um, with losing a child mm-hmm. and um, in a in a traumatic, terrible way. And there really is no way of losing a child that's not traumatic and terrible. Um, but I love that you are saying how that just builds this perspective of um, it's not urgency. It's just like living mm-hmm. empty. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to pour out everything inside of me daily, Mm -hmm. everything that God puts on my heart. I'm not going to hold it in. I'm going to press forward. I'm going to let it pour out of me because we just don't know what the next day will hold. Mm -hmm. And that I don't, like you had said, that's not doom and gloom. That Mm -hmm. is conviction. That is joy. That is grace. That is living your life to the fullest, you know? I love that you said, um, this was on our, our previous call too, like you have to learn how to embrace the scars of your life Mm -hmm. because in a, like grief is inevitable. 
Mm-hmm. We are going to grieve in our lifetime no matter what. And it could be something as simple as grieving an idea, grieving a business, grieving a child, grieving another family member, grieving mm-hmm. a home, grieving a season of life. I mean, even just the transition from not having kids to having kids, there's some grief in there. There's a lot of joy, but there's a lot of grief. <laughs> and it's it's just something that we have to learn how to navigate and show up Mm-hmm. even when we feel it. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, and I think a big part of it is being extremely honest um, because as much as we push through and we rem- we remember all of these things and we try to keep showing up in seasons of grief, sometimes you just, you just can't. And so um, I remember shortly after we lost my papa, I was of course having a really hard time. And my therapist said to me, she said, Kelsey, sometimes the boldest thing you can do is just brushing your teeth every day. Sometimes that's the boldest thing you can do. And sometimes that's something you can be incredibly proud of. And I love that. And I think about it often um, if I'm having a really hard day, because when you just think of something like that, like getting out of bed and just brushing your teeth, it snowballs and do other things. Like, okay, I just, I'm really proud of myself because I got out of bed and I brushed my teeth and now I'm looking and I kind of want to make my bed now. And now I think I might open my laptop and now I think I might finally get back to that email that I really need to. And now I'm going to tackle this blog that is due at the end of the week. I'm just going to get ahead. And it just is a, is a snowball effect. And so that's so helpful. But for me also, um, being honest means sometimes, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, if you don't have a team, but you're serving clients, you need to rely on your own community. So your friends, your family and be honest with them. So for me, sometimes that means telling my husband, Hey, I'm having a really rough week. Um, I just need you to check in with me. Like if he's at work, can you just check in with me around seven o'clock and encourage me to get this done or hold me accountable because I have a blog due for this client next Tuesday. And can you just encourage me to get it done by Friday so that I can live freely on the whole, during the whole weekend. And so being honest and allowing yourself to be a human, but inviting your community around you to have that space, to be a human is absolutely essential to showing up consistently. Oh, I completely agree. And like you just said, that was your husband. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be this like high expectation of having Mm -hmm. a huge community. It's just the people that know you and understand you. Right. That's what that means. And I, I love that too, because if we allow people in and give them permission to check in with us, it takes away that weird, uncomfortable, like, oh, well, I don't know if this person wants to talk to me because they're hurting or, you know, when people are grieving, it's weird. It's awkward. Mm-hmm. We don't know what to say to them mm-hmm. and and people don't know what to say to us. Right. And I will say that the biggest help that, that, that people gave me in those really terrible seasons and really hard seasons is just checking in and saying, what looks like help to you today? Mm-hmm. And there are even times where people have said like, and this is not me telling someone I need this accountability. This is, if I were to, if I were supporting a grieving friend, right? 
it would look like me texting them or sending them a message and saying like, here's how I can help you today. One, I can pray for you right now. That requires nothing of them. And it, it requires something of me, but it's something that I could do right now without anything else. Two, like I can send you dinner and they can accept that or, or three, maybe three is much more involved. I can stop by your house and bring you a cup of coffee. I don't have to stay, but I'm just going to bring you a warm cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be that simple. And Mm -hmm. I think we try to overcomplicate that sometimes. Now on the other side of that, like you said, asking for accountability, I think that sometimes we feel like we burden people by asking asking them to check in on us, or we somehow feel like we are, because we already feel physically weak sometimes mm-hmm. in grief, We it's like a, it keeps us from taking the next step, messaging someone who, who we can trust and say, will you please check in with me? Will mm-hmm. you please check in on me on this specific thing? Mm-hmm. Do you, have you felt that before? No, definitely. Absolutely. And I, I have to remind myself that whenever somebody that I love is grieving or having a difficult season, I am absolutely honored to be with them in it, no matter what, whether it's check-ins or bringing them coffees on the next Monday morning or making them meals for a week or a month or whatever they need. It is an honor to be beside them because I love them so much. And so when I find myself hesitating to ask for that same help, I remember that, that the people who are reaching out to check on me, they love me. They would be honored to sit with me in this and they want to sit with me in this. So I have to pull up a chair and let them sit with me in it. However, that looks, whatever that looks like. And so, um, it's definitely something I think mostly all of us have a hard time doing is, is inviting others along, but just remembering that if they're asking, they're honored and shame and sorrow I mean, it just festers in the dark, but when we reach out, the door cracks just a little bit and the light starts to pour in and more and more people can come and sit with us and then shame and sorrow, they can still sit there. They can still be beside us, but we're not alone and it's not a pitch black room anymore. Um, And so it just becomes, I mean, certainly seasons that are really difficult are never holly jolly, but they become manageable. And then another day passes and you've conquered another day. And then another week passes, you've conquered another week and you just keep moving forward. Yeah. I love that you said the word snowball because courage does snowball, Mm -hmm. but it's also contagious. So Mm -hmm. if someone around you is courageous and you're seeing that in them, whichever side of the fence you're on, if you're the friend supporting the hurting friend or vice versa, if someone can be courageous in stepping up and saying something that like, I need help or Mm -hmm. I want to help you, Mm -hmm. then it's contagious. It it like simultaneously makes us feel seen and loved while also empowering us to do that from whatever place we're at. Definitely. And, and it also deepens relationships into a whole new level. Um, and when really being specific in your ask, because like you said, a lot of the time you're not even going to know what you need. And so I love what you said about sending the specific text of, I can make you a coffee. I can pray for you right now, or I can make you dinner or something else. That's great because a lot of the time you don't even know what you need, but when you have those options, it's so much easier to say, okay, B, option B. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But when you are able to ask, sometimes you know exactly what you need and allowing yourself the courage to ask it 
is it, it, it invites your relationships into an even deeper level. The other night I was having a, just a really sad, anxious night. And I asked my husband, I said, can you just tuck me in? Like I need tucked in like a child. And so he did, slept on my pillow. He tucked in all the corners of the blanket. So I felt like a snuggly little burrito. <laughs> and that was exactly what I needed. And it helped me and I fell asleep and, and life kept going. But sometimes that's asking to be tucked in. Sometimes that's FaceTiming an aunt or a sister or a parent and saying, I am about to head into this meeting. I need you to tell me this, this, and this. And encourage me that this, this, and this is not going to happen. Mm -hmm. I have 10 minutes. And like I said, when I've allowed myself to, to have those conversations and to make those asks, the relationships always benefit because then, like you said, courage begets courage. And so then those same folks also feel invited to ask those specific asks when they need something from me and I'm honored to be there. Absolutely. I love that so much. So one thing that I've been learning in business and I naturally, well, I don't know that I naturally do it in my personal life because I am a two on the Enneagram and I just really struggle with asking for help. Me too. I'm a two oh, as well. I knew I loved you, Kelsey. Yeah, I, know, I, know. <laughs> I, knew I love you too. I can always spot a two. <laughs> I know, right? We can smell twos like it's from across true. the room. It's true. Um, <laughs> so like one thing that I, that's really challenging me in business right now though, is, um, offering support. That's not the challenging part, but it's the, it's the transaction of offering support and asking for help. Those mm -hmm. two things go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we just do one of them. Mm -hmm. And that's why it never feels quite aligned. Like we can offer support and yes, that, that genuinely serves us and like warms our heart as twos, as helpers, as servers <laughs> and people in the service industry. But to be able to ask for help, that is something that we feel so uncomfortable comfortable with doing. But when we do it, it is so empowering. Mm -hmm. And again, that courage to ask for help after you've supported someone else mm -hmm. or, or even before you've supported them, just being able to to communicate that mm -hmm. I need help with this is like, I don't think, I think we underestimate how powerful that can be in our business and in our life. Absolutely. Absolutely. It really does change everything. And, and you can't pour from an empty cup. Of course, it's such a cliche saying, but it's so true, especially for, for type twos, we feel like we have to just give, 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 give and never receive. But if we have such a heart for giving, we have to sit back and allow our hearts to receive as well and remind ourselves that if I want to be the best partner, the best mom, the best daughter, sibling, whatever it may be, the best business owner, the best client, the best service provider, the best whatever I want to be, I want to really pour into everybody that I make contact with, but I'm running on empty right now. And so I have to ask for the help because if I want to love my people well, asking for help is truly the most loving thing that I can do. Yeah, I agree. So what would you say in, in your experience, and you can speak to this from, from your experience or just from a place of like, this is, well, I guess it all comes from your experience because it's something that you've learned, but what would you say is like, if you were to answer the question, how do you show up for your passion in a season of grief? What would you say? 
The first thing that comes to mind is as a human being. Ooh. I think we feel like we have to tiptoe around our grief and hide it and stifle it and snuff it out, but that's just going to harm you and burn you out quicker and make you feel more hurt, make you feel more alone. And so showing up as a human being means feeling the things that you're feeling and taking it one day at a time. And, you know, sometimes like if your client facing, you have to tell them as well. I mean, I, I'm very blessed in that the clients that I have, I'm able to be honest with them when something big is happening, for instance, like when I lost my papa. And so I can be honest with them, but if you're in a place where you're working, um, in a place where maybe your clients aren't as understanding, or maybe you're in the corporate world and you're servicing guests and customers, um, that means being a human being to your fellow coworkers and um, your co-owners of your business or whatever that is, showing up as a human is the best thing that you can do when you try to just robot through it and go through the motions, you will absolutely burn out and you won't be able to serve your clients well and you won't be able to serve your guests well. You have to just allow yourself to be a human and also understand every single person that you're interacting with they know the feeling that you're experiencing. They have also been on the receiving end of the life-changing phone call. They've also been glued to their bathroom floor in pain. They've also experienced those types of pains. And so understanding that not only have they experienced it, but it's okay that you are actively experiencing it because you are a human being completely changes everything. I'm not sure what I expected you to say to that question, but I'm really moved by that answer. So I really appreciate you saying it the way that you did. Thank because you. Because I, th- I think that that is, it's, I don't, I don't know what I expected you to say, but, but <laughs> I just feel really moved by that. So thank you. Of course. Thank you. So what would you say to someone who is, how would you, what would you say to encourage someone who is going through a season of grief they are, they have clients, they have people that they have to show up for. They have clients, they have family members, maybe they have a toddler because I mean, that's hard. Um, (laughs) but like how, what would you say to encourage someone in that season when they just feel like they're, everything is just too much and Mm -hmm. they just want to like crawl into a ball (laughs) on the floor, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing I would say is um, strip away the non-essentials. And so if you are servicing clients and you have deadlines, let's say by the end of the week, you have to have all these things done for your clients. And on the back end, you are also working on um, remodeling your kitchen. And you're also working on redoing your website or launching a podcast. You want to launch a podcast in the next few months or any of those things that are very important, but not absolutely essential. You have to put them on the back burner. And so any non-essentials, even if that means things like making sure that you look perfect every single day and you wear perfect makeup and you wear the perfect outfit, put it on the back burner. Like my therapist said, sometimes the boldest and bravest thing you can do in a season of grief is just brushing your teeth every day. And it's absolutely true. And so stripping away the non-essentials is the first thing. Um, And then, of course, inviting yourself to be okay with asking for the help that you need. Um, The the last and maybe the most important thing is speckling joy 
into each moment of your day. And so some examples of that is get out your Christmas coffee mugs early or get out your, um, the beach towels that you loved in the nineties that you got on your vacation when you first went to Disney with your family, get the beach towel out and use it as your towel after your shower. Instead of the boring gray shower towels, get out your beach towels and use that because it's a joyful thing. And it reminds you of joyful times that have been and will come again. And so adding in the little moments of joy like that throughout your day, it will change things because you will notice them. You know, um, maybe that means putting on an old sweatshirt as you're working on those things for your clients, nobody knows what you're wearing. And even if they did, they love you anyway. And you're a human just like they are. So put on an old sweatshirt that you got um, the last time you were in the mountains and you went with your mom and it was so beautiful. Put on the old sweatshirt. And then as you're typing, you're going to see your hands, you're going to see it on your wrist, that sweatshirt. And then when you go to use the restroom, when you're wiping your hands, you're going to see that old beach towel. And then when you go to hydrate for the day, you're using that mug. And every time you take a sip of that, water or coffee or tea or whatever joyful drink that is, you'll see it. Um, that can also mean things like for me, something that I do is I'll just put frozen fruit in my water just because it just feels special. It makes me feel special. It makes me feel cared for. And, um, this week I brought, I bought myself flowers. They were $3 and they're sitting in front of me right now. Um, and so just sprinkling, being really intentional about sprinkling the seemingly silly and small nonsensical things of joy throughout your day will be a consistent reminder that yes, there have been joyful times and there will still be joyful times moving forward. I got so many things from what you just said, but the biggest thing that I just heard is that I need to put up my Christmas tree. <laughs> I love it. I do it. <laughs> and, and this episode is going to go live in December, but I need everyone to know that it's October. (laughs) (laughs) Fully support. Fully support. I love it. Well, well, if anyone gives me grief then, then I'm going to say, Kelsey told me to do it. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I love everything you just said, because I think I do those things um, unknowingly too. Like I don't always like think about it when I'm doing it, but it's true. It, and for me, it's it's little things like put like buying lemons and putting them in my water, or putting mm-hmm. like fresh lemon juice in my water. Just just mm-hmm. a little a little extra kick or zest in there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes it is like I don't always love having fresh flowers in my house, but I love arranging them. And mm-hmm. like I always told people, like if I wasn't doing what I was doing, I would be a florist, <laughs> you oh, know? And fun. I know. And so I, I, and, but I'm not like going to like a beautiful wholesale market. I'm straight up going down to the food city, grabbing yeah. some cheap flowers. And what I'll do is I'll arrange them and I'll um, deliver them to my friends' houses because it makes me feel good. It mm-hmm. makes me feel good to love on them. It makes me feel good to make something pretty. And mm-hmm. even though I don't necessarily want them in my house, don't get me wrong, I love flowers, but mm-hmm. <laughs> there's responsibility with them too. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I love to do that for people and getting in a habit Building in those those little pieces of joy into your rhythm, while they might seem insignificant, can make a really big difference in these types of seasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. It just it just sneaks into your day in the little quiet moments that you don't even realize, and then before you know it, you're feeling just a bit more hopeful or just a bit more brave 
or just a bit more joyful. And it's just an undercurrent throughout your whole entire day that, that really helps. Um, something else that I'll say is, um, if you are having an extremely difficult season, pretending like a certain day is a holiday. So let's say it's Friday, you have a lot of work to do and you're having a really hard time, then make Monday a holiday. So make Monday national, make sugar cookies in the shape of dinosaurs on Monday. That's Monday. And invite whoever that is that that's, that's beside you. If you don't have anybody, if you're living alone, then invite someone that you can FaceTime and invite them to get the same exact recipe ingredients that you're going to use. Invite them to order the dinosaur cookie cutters and you guys can FaceTime and celebrate national cook, national bake dinosaur cookie day and just be ridiculous because ridiculous times call for ridiculous measures. And so if that's dinosaur cookies, (laughs) great. Or if it's learning one time, my husband and I watched Gordon Ramsay and we learned how to make, um, he's hilarious. We learned how to make homemade noodles and they were such a disaster, but we had so much (laughs) fun, so much fun. And so that was national noodle day. And so create your own little holidays because it gives you something else to look forward to and be in community with people you love with. That is so, such an, such an approachable way to just invite fun into Mm -hmm. a really hard season. And Mm -hmm. I love that you shared that. Mm -hmm. If I were to bring this like full circle with like how that applies to business, Mm -hmm. like I try to make time when I'm having a really tough week or I am, I know I've got a busy season coming up. Like I will intentionally block time off on my calendar Mm. where I can take like a two hour lunch break and watch the latest Grey's Anatomy episode Mm. or like, you know, do some, go for a walk or get a massage or, Mm. um, even like, order lunch for myself, like DoorDash lunch or something. Like it doesn't have to be something that costs money or anything like that, but it's just like creating the margin and making the decision to do something. Because again, once, once you're able to say yes to something and you have the courage to give it to yourself or the courage to ask for it, that snowballs. Mm -hmm. And if you have the courage to ask for someone to you know, bring you lunch or something like that, then that is naturally going to build up the courage in you to do something else and to show up for your passion in a new way. And like when you're, when you go through a season of grief, I always used to say grief is God's grace because it completely removes our ideas and our plans from us, Mm -hmm. which then creates the space for him to put his plans in place for us. Mm. So if grief is God's grace, then we have something to gain. Even though grief comes from a sense of loss, there is still something to gain in that and to be present in that and, and be expectant of what that looks like can be really, really powerful. And even if we feel like a big gaping hole in our hearts or in our minds or in our schedules or whatever, whatever this grief is leaving us with, whatever empty space it's leaving us with, um, just being able to fill that with him mm-hmm. and with his grace and his support and time with him. I think that that's an incredible thing as well. And when you're in business and you're going through a season of grief, I feel like 
it changes you. Mm-hmm. And so you show up differently. And that per- that new new version of you may not be the version that you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And it may not be the version that um, you necessarily want it to be mm-hmm. in that time. Mm-hmm. But we know that God's going to make good of that. We know he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So beautiful and so, so, so true. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, if for, for work facing for, um, work scenarios, maybe that means inviting your clients along on the dinosaur cookie day. <laughs> maybe that hey, means I like that. clients are local showing up to their office and delivering them a tray of the dinosaur cookies and saying today's national cookie day, because I said so. And <laughs> they likely need the ridiculous joy as well. And if you're in a, a space where, you know, if you're working in the corporate world, you have a team, then bring the dinosaur cookies to your team. Um, or if you're in a space where you don't get to see your clients face to face, then send out an email newsletter saying, set, you know, showing photos of you with your dinosaur cookies and saying, I was in need of some ridiculous joy. And so I declared Monday as national dinosaur cookie day. How are you finding joy in your week? I invite you to do the same. Sending warmth. And then just inviting them along on that journey, because like I said, there is not a soul I know that does not need ridiculous amounts of joy. And Mm so, you know, of course it can be personal. It can be inviting your spouse or FaceTiming your mom as you make the cookies. And then it can also incorporate into your work life as well. And it should. Absolutely. I love that. And I would say like meeting you face-to-face before, before this conversation on a Zoom call that you just exude joy. You've mm-hmm. been through so many hard things and you can just see that it's not that you're not hurting or that the pain doesn't still exist, but it's that you're choosing it. You're choosing mm-hmm. joy. You're choosing to make the most of these times and you're choosing to live your life in a way that empties out what is on your heart to share. So mm-hmm. I am so appreciative of that because again, mm-hmm. like we t- like we said before, like courage snowballs and it's contagious. And Mm -hmm. it's something that when I see that from you, it impacts me even, even not, not even in like big monumental ways. It definitely can, but even in small, um, subtle ways. Mm -hmm. So I'm appreciative that you show up in this space in that way. So thank you. Mm, Thank you so much. You're such a gift. Thank you. So Kelsey, I, just cannot wait to read your book. And so I cannot wait for it to be available. Um, I know that you are still working on all the logistics of it, but for now, where can people find you? Yes, absolutely. So the place I am most active is on Instagram and my last name is tricky. So hang in there, but it's my first and last name. So Kelsey, K-E-L-S-E-Y dot flighter. P as in Paul, F as in Frank, L-E-I, D as in Donald, E-R-E-R. Once you find me on Instagram, you'll be able to find my Sunday snippet newsletter, the link to my website, all of the fun things. Um, We can spend time together at all of those links if you find me over on Instagram. Yes. And I will definitely put those links below as well in the show notes so that people can have easy access to it. Yes. The last name's a doozy. So (laughs) that would be be such a kind thing to do. Thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're so welcome. I know. Well, when we started this, I was like, how do you say your last name? <laughs> I'm, I'm so, still working on it. I've been married for five years. I'm still working on the last name. So no worries. It's <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, it would be confusing. Like the e, which comes first, the E, the I, yes, how many, yes. how many ERs? Like <laughs> yes, ER just gets you. So yes, like <laughs> I get it. That's hilarious. Okay. Well, I'm so appreciative that you came on this call today and we were able to chat about this because I think it's really going to make an impact on people. It's something that I don't hear a lot in this space about navigating grief while you are also having to show up for things and show up for your passion and your business. So I'm so grateful that you shared everything that you did today and hopefully we will get to do this sometime soon, but talking about more about your book. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you again for having me. Absolutely honored to chat. This has been so special. Of course. Well, it was great chatting with you. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Okay, guys. How good was that conversation with Kelsey? When I asked her how you show up for your passion in a season of grief, and her answer was like a human being, I literally sat back in my chair, got chill bumps everywhere, and just thought, wow. That is so profound. I'm going to carry that with me for a long time, and I hope that you do too. I would love to hear how this episode impacted you, so feel free to leave a review below. I read them all, so I would so appreciate that, and it helps other people find this podcast. Also, if you want to find me and Kelsey on Instagram, all all that information is in the show notes, and you can find me at Jillian Dalberry. All right, friends, that's it for this episode. I'm so grateful you're here and would love to connect with you. After you subscribe to the show, come hang out with me on Instagram at Jillian Dalberry. See you there.